And welcome back to another episode of Medical Mondays. I'm your host, Dr. Catricia. I'm a board-certified bilingual pediatrician. I'm also a parent coach for single mothers. In this episode, we're talking about eczema, also known as atopic dermatitis. That's right, that chronic skin condition that can cause a lot of dryness and itching that just interrupts their daily living, especially sleeping if you have a little one. I'm sharing what it is, what we do about it, and how we can treat it and help our children feel more comfortable, especially during the winter and our dry seasons. As always, do remember that any medical information that's shared on this podcast does not establish a patient-physician relationship, and you should always consult with your child's pediatrician. Stay tuned. Welcome and thank you for listening to the Dr. Mom Sage Advice Podcast. Are you a single mom who is tired of feeling overwhelmed by doing it all? Have you been asking yourself, what is my real purpose outside of motherhood and my career? Are you tired of yelling, feeling mom guilt at the end of the day? If you're ready to go from chaos to confidence in your mindset and in parenting, then this is the place for you. Here we are authentic, transparent, and frankly, we're here to burst all of those mom guilt bubbles and empower you to take back control of your life so you can go from just surviving in motherhood to thriving and walking confidently in your best purpose-filled life God intended for you. I'm your host, Dr. Catricia, a board-certified bilingual pediatrician. I'm also fellowship-trained in pediatric urgent care medicine. That's just my fancy title for the weekdays, but 24-7, I'm the proud single mommy of my little wild mini-me toddler. I'm also a postpartum depression survivor. Now, I'm on a mission to empower other single moms to take back control of their life. Through candid conversations, we will learn, be encouraged, inspired, and committed to making practical changes so we can be our best selves for the queen who reigns already inside of us. So sit back and relax, mommy. This is your time to unwind. Go ahead, grab your favorite drink. Pour me one too, queen, because it's time for our girl talk. Let's talk about all things motherhood, mindset, and even medicine. No, not like medicine, medicine, but you know, remember, I'm a pediatrician. So I'm gonna go ahead and give you some pediatric tips on how to parent, right? I hope that you love listening to and learning from the podcast. But please remember, it's not intended to be a substitution for a physician-patient relationship. I queen. If you're ready, I'm ready. Let's go. Hello there. So glad you're tuning in. Again, this episode is about atopic dermatitis, also known as eczema, what it is, how we treat it, and how you can help your child in between their doctor visits. If you ever have concerns, please remember, always consult with your pediatrician. So let's start with what is eczema. Well, eczema, also known as atopic dermatitis, is an ongoing skin problem that causes very dry, sometimes red, and definitely itchy skin. Children who have eczema, and that's usually at least one in 10 children, will have this condition. They have more sensitive skin than other people. 
Okay, so if you've ever seen those babies, like they're usually around like three to six or three, excuse me, three to three months to a year and they have the most rosy cheeks ever. And it just looks like someone painted like circles on their cheeks. But as you get closer, you'll notice that it's like really dry and cracked looking. That is usually a form of atopic dermatitis. What causes atopic dermatitis? Well, eczema is caused by problems within the skin barrier. So the skin is actually an organ. Don't know if you ever knew that, but it is. It's one of our largest organs because of the amount of diameter and surface area that it covers. And many children with eczema do not have enough of a special protein called filigrin, which is the outer layer, which is found in the outer layer of our skin. We have different layers. Our epidermis is a skin layer that you can see. Then under that, we have our dermis. Before you start getting into things like fascia and muscle and connective tissue and those other things, okay? So filigrin helps the skin form a strong barrier between the body and the environment. Skin that have too little of this protein have a harder time holding onto water and moisture to help keep out bacteria and other environmental irritants. So A person may have genes already when we think about eczema as far as like the family history, sometimes it goes in a triad. So like if there's someone in the family that has allergic rhinitis, which is like allergies or um, food allergies um, and even asthma, like sometimes the triad you can see sometimes somewhere down the line of the lineage of family, there may be someone who has eczema or other allergic conditions, okay? Such as hay fever and seasonal allergies. Many children with eczema may also have food allergies, but the foods themselves do not cause the eczema. So let me say that again. Your child may have food allergies, but it's not the food themselves causing the eczema. But you will notice sometimes that you may notice, like for instance, I will, and my little babies, when they come into the clinic, And I know they have atopic dermatitis. I always advise parents, especially when they're around the six, seven month age, when they're starting to introduce solid foods and they never had foods before and had a need to get really messy in the face. I always advise that they try to keep this area um, padded down dry in between bites as much as they can, especially with citrus foods, because it's just going to irritate the skin. Think about when we have like a paper cut. If your barrier is already broken down, you're going to be more susceptible to things that are contacting the skin, causing irritants. And that's what we call a contact dermatitis, right? Think about during the winter season when you're using, um, washing your hands often or now during COVID and using a lot of hand sanitizer, we may have some skin breakdown and have some little bit of rashes and those areas where we're having overuse of our skin, okay? What does eczema actually look like? Well, eczema rashes can be different for every single child. They can be all over the body or in just a few spots. Um, It usually likes to be in what we call the flexural reasons. So the flexural reasons are anything that kind of folds. So think about like your elbow creases behind the back of the knees, the back of the neck. And again, in babies, I see it a lot in their cheeks. So it also in babies can start on the scalp. Um, Their rashes are usually red, dry. Um, It may also be around their mouth. And, but eczema usually does not happen around in the diaper area. So if you're seeing a rash going down there in those creases, that may be more of what we call like a contact dermatitis. So like after having a diarrheal episode, or if they're having an allergic irritant reaction to like a change in the brand of diaper or wipe, or even sometimes a fungal infection. So like yeast can kind of build up in that area because yeast and fungi like very dark and moist places, the diaper. Okay. 
in young school age children, the eczema rash is often again in like the flexure region. So like the elbows, the back of the knees, the neck, and even sometimes around the eyes. They'll get like darker hyper, is what we call it, hyperpigmentation. Um, and the skin will get lichenified, which is like it just gets a little bit thicker in that area. Eczema is not contagious, so children who with eczema are more prone to skin infections because, again, that skin barrier is broken down. We have to make sure that um, we educate our families of what to look for. If you ever see, if your child does have eczema and if you're looking at their rash and you see that things are weeping, it looks like honey or like it's crusting over or you think that it kind of looks like little bubbles or things that look like cold sores, like the herpes virus, you need to have them seek attention, um, excuse me, seek medical attention with their primary physician as soon as possible because then those children don't need the regular treatments. They need more than the regular treatments, I should say rather. They need topical steroids, they need their emollients, their Vaseline, but they also may need to take a topical antibiotic in addition to an oral antibiotic to control the secondary bacteria infection, okay? How do you know if your child's skin is infected? So again, you're going to see yellow honey color crusting and scabbing. Um, you may also see some blisters or if you ever see pus bumps, that's a telltale sign that it's becoming infected. And why does your child's skin get infected when they have eczema? Well, number one, again, with atopic derm, the skin barrier is already weakened because they don't have that protein to have a tighter skin protection barrier to to stop and prevent bacteria from entering. And when your child is scratching, as they're going to do, because that's the condition of having eczema, they break down um, and cause open little microscopic kind of sores and cuts. And that's what allows the bacteria to kind of seep through because our fingers are not clean. You know, what we touch is not always clean. And that is how um, eczema can become infected. It is doesn't happen all the time, but it's something important to know that can happen so that your child gets treated immediately and we can stop the bacterial infection from spreading, okay? Children with eczema um, may start to outgrow it by the time they're around age four. Um, however, throughout the rest of their life, they're going to most likely continue to have dry and sensitive skin. It just may not flare up as much as you see in the younger babies, um, but it's really hard to predict which children will outgrow the condition and which ones will have eczema as adults. I don't remember myself ever having eczema as a child at least not from the memory of having to have someone lather me up with lotion and all the multiple creams and seeing dermatologists and doing wet wrap pajamas. Um, maybe I had some dry skin, but I definitely started to have eczema in my young 20, or excuse me, in my middle 20s as a resident physician, actually, as a pediatrician. And we, I don't know how I missed it, but it was on the back of my neck. And I, well, probably that's how I missed it. I couldn't see it. And, I, and I'm like, well, I don't know what this is. All I know is it's really itchy. So I like to say I have winter eczema. There's some, just some spots on my skin that will flare up depending on how um, dry the climate is and if there's not a lot of humidity. And I just have to remember to just use a lot of Vaseline, um, and ointments because Vaseline and ointments, those um, emollients are a lot better than like your lotion cons consistency as far as like creating a nice barrier. Okay. So how do we treat and control eczema in children? Here are going to be my top, uh, let me see, I got about six points. Okay. And I'm going to go into detail with them to remember for eczema. Number one, 
moisturize, 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 right? I can't say that enough. Like as soon as your child comes out of a bath, as soon as your child, before they put on their pajamas, when they wake up, you cannot use too much of Vaseline. You cannot use too much of like Aquaphor, right? Which is similar to Vaseline. Like they need to constantly have their skin moist because they're losing moisture because again, they can't hold on to that because that barrier is weakened. Okay. When they're taking baths or showers, you want to really limit the amount of time they're spending. You want it to be short, not anything that's 20, 30, 40 minutes. Okay. Because think that water, especially the temperature of the water dries out our skin very fast. You want short baths and you want these showers to be warm and not hot water. Number three, Use a mild and an unscented soap. So my go-to recommendation is usually always going to be Dove or like Cetaphil is a good line for eczema, as well as the Eucerin products is a good line for eczema. Um, uh, and Aveeno, those are like the three top three or four I like to recommend, but you basically don't want to have any scent and you don't want it to be a colored dye soap. In addition to not this, just the soap for your body, but the soap for the clothing as well. So I, you know, usually recommend all, you know, because I think, I mean, just save money. There's no need to like get the fancy dress washing soap powder for your child. If you have already started off with all, you know, like I did start off with dress for my daughter. And she doesn't have, you know, any skin conditions that are very severe. She's gone through a few things here or there, but nothing to the point of like calling it eczema. But once by the time she was like one or two, it just made sense just to buy all and just wash all of our clothes together in all because it also is, you know, dye free, sense free. Okay. So number, that was number three. Number four, wear soft clothes so that are breathable, such as made from cotton or cashmere, um, Children with eczema, like they, you know, when their skin is very dry, they are going to be irritated to anything that's touching them. So like having that barrier of moisture on top before you put on their clothes is a really good extra layer of protection. And then there's sometimes an anti-allergy medicine that help, is needed to help with your child's symptoms as well. And I do have a handful of patients that I will put sometimes on an antihistamine just to use at bedtime to kind of calm down the amount of itching that they're having, okay? So let's start with the dryness, okay? So eczema, again, we know is a chronic condition that's causing a lot of dryness, itching, and redness. And even sometimes can irritate the skin so much so to cause a bacterial infection. How do we treat the dryness? How do we repair the skin barrier? Give your child a bath or a shower. Um, if they're younger, so like the kiddos who are not school age, who are not being exposed to multiple germs and in the environment, in the public often, I usually advise not to even shower every day, but more like an every other day. If they're a teenage boy, yeah, go ahead and <laughs> with eczema, have him and have your teenage daughter as well. Take their shower every day. But for five to 10, no more than 15 minutes in lukewarm water and really no soap is needed like in areas that are not um, highly prone to being exposed to other, like for instance, like high touch areas. So like your hands and your face. So you can use like, you know, just water on areas like maybe shoulders or something like area where you may have an eczema patch that doesn't necessarily um, get exposed to other persons and bacteria and germs. If the eczema is in that area, then choose not to apply any soap in that area and just use a, a gentle non-soap cleanser. Um, but in areas that are sweaty, so let's armpits, neck and growing and hands and feet, by all means, use your fragrant free and dye free soap in that area. Um, avoid scrubbing your child's skin with anything rough. So like the loofahs and things like that. 
just use a washcloth and sometimes I even recommend um just to if the head the head of the shower can be removed just to take that and just like um um hang it over the child's skin so that like the water just kind of slowly rinsing them off um and that you're not trying to like wash and scrub and like wash again lather up or excuse me taking that washcloth up against their skin again okay um my next point in helping your child bathe, especially younger children, is I always say we don't rub in the area where eczema is. You always want to pat this area dry right after the shower. And I honestly tell parents to let that area that has eczema have just a little moisture. So just a few droplets because immediately you want to apply their moisturizer. And if your child's in a cortical steroid, which we'll get to later, that's the topical medicated cream, steroid creams to kind of calm down the inflammation. You want to apply that down first because that moisture draws in that steroid cream to the deeper layers of the skin. On top of that steroid cream, if you are having to use it, you want to apply your emollient. So anything that is like um, your moisturizer, so your ointments. So the creamier the moisturizer, the better it's going to work. So this helps lock in the moisture of the water. And you want to, get again, do this as soon as you can after bathing. Like if you're going to set up the bath time, I would already have all that stuff lined up on the counter and the bathroom ready to go so you you don't forget that like once they put on the pajamas and you're like, oh, we'll just do it later. Like the best time to do it is immediately after they come out the bath, okay? Ointments such as petroleum jelly or fragrance-free moisturizing creams are good choices. Lotions are thinner, so they're less effective, but that's all you have in the home. Do that, mama. Use that, mama. But in the future, know that things like something as simple as like a jar of Vaseline will get you what you need and the help that your child's skin needs in that moment, okay? Dress your child in soft fabrics, like 100% cotton. And remember, again, use mild fragrance-free laundry detergents, okay? So what do we do to reduce the itch? Well, ways to reduce the itch is, number one, make the skin feel less itchy by making sure we're combating the dryness with the moisturizer, right? Trying to prevent them from scratching. Oh, that's so hard. How do you do that for a little kid? You know, like just sometimes they come in the clinic and you can just tell how miserable they are. You know, I I watch parents cut the nails and they put the sock mittens on their hands, but that doesn't always help. Um, you can try the wet wrap treatments, which is basically is applying a wet wrap after bathing. And then you, so you apply the topical medications that they may have as well as their moisturizer with like their Vaseline. And you apply a wet, damp, pajama on top okay so the steps are they take a bath you pat them dry you apply the prescribed medicine to the areas of the eczema rash such as the steroid creams you give them a pair of pajamas or onesie that was already soaked in warm water you don't put them on there like you know dripping wet you wring out those pajamas so that they're damp they're not they're not dripping they're damp you put on your damp pajamas on your child, and then on top, you put on the dry pajamas. Make sure the room, however, is warm or you provide a warm blanket so your child doesn't feel cold. And after you keep these wet wraps on for at least a half an hour, um, some parents and dermatologists even say you can leave them overnight, but after removing the wet wraps, you reapply the moisturizer. So basically, it's just like you are doing like, mm, I'm trying, I was going to say super soaker. It basically is like the next level of like way of like soaking in all that moisturizer that you just put on with the creams and the Vaseline so that, that it stays locked in. Okay. And then, so those are the wet wrap treatments. There's also treatments of being able to do oatmeal baths um, to help with the itching in addition to also using medications. So antihistamines like Benadryl or hydroxazine, you know, but you just have to talk with your 
clinician, your pediatrician about if this is what you need to add onto the regimen because some kiddos have paradoxical effects where Benadryl doesn't make them. Um, so we usually will prescribe that at nighttime since it's like, you know, can make them drowsy and sleepy, but there's some kids where it has the opposite effect and it kind of wires them up. So always follow the direction of your child's age on those medications that are over the counter and then talk to your pharmacist and talk to your pediatrician about before you even start it. If you have questions about if you can use this in addition to what you're already doing to help with the itching. Okay. Um, how to manage and prevent skin infections? Well, bacteria and viruses, you know, they make eczema rashes worse. So it's always important to look for those signs of infection again. They're going to look like oozing, weeping, of like fluid. Sometimes it could be clear. It could be like a little brown tinge and maybe blood. If you're seeing crusting, if you're seeing pus bumps, like pus, yellow, green, there's a smell. Um, it, it just, the rash just looks worse to you. It's not getting better with your usual treatments of what you're doing with the daily Vaseline and bringing out your steroids. That's something I forgot to mention. When steroids are prescribed, they're not meant to be used every single day. They're usually meant to be used in an acute flare. And what flares are eczema treatment? Well, things like weather severe drastic temperature weather changes so like hot hot summers and cold winters will flare up eczema using a new product say they went to the other parent's house or your grandparent and they gave someone a hug who had a perfume on um sometimes you may notice like after they eat certain foods, the, their rash may be a little bit worse. Um, I have a lot of younger kiddos who um, have seen dermatologists and gone under undergone skin testing and they realized that they had a lot of like nut and dairy allergies and as soon as the parents eliminated that from their diet I mean the X-Men didn't go away it was just a lot milder and easier to treat and to manage at home to the point that they didn't need to go they did not need to go see the dermatologist because at some point um that's what we were working towards because they weren't getting much better with the treatments we were doing okay there are newer treatments for eczema, um, but that is something that a dermatologist would have to discuss with you. And usually it's not recommended by the pediatricians, but they're like treatments of like biological treatments, um, medications to kind of really target the particular part of the immune system that's causing the irritation of the skin. Okay. Um, how do you prevent your eczema flares? Well, gentle daily skincare, like we've talked about with a moisturizer, moisturizer, not bathing every day, patting dry, short baths, short showers, lukewarm water, no fragrances and the soap, all of those, that's your day-to-day -day maintenance therapy, okay? Then you also want to avoid triggers because it's important in helping to prevent future flares. So what are triggers? Triggers can be things like dust mites, you know? Those are also triggers for asthma and for allergy. Giving them a mattress protector, making sure you have like a humidifier in your room or a HEPA filter if you can. Fragrances, avoiding those, like especially the air fresheners, um, the incense, um, they, they leave these byproducts of moisture in the air. And believe it or not, like those definitely trigger eczema. Um, I will, there's kids that I send who are not doing well to dermatology. And when I read their report, usually always like that's part of their history screening and a part of the recommendation is they'll ask about the plug and wall, um, fragrances that they have in the home and and they immediately say eliminate those because it's not really great for kiddos who have asthma as well as eczema other triggers are heat and sweat so if you know your child is you know gonna be on the soccer field like try to moisturize them up take off those you know damp and sweaty clothes as soon as you can get them into the shower and then redo your treatment remember there's not a maximum amount of time that you can apply moisturizers for steroids we usually that's the medicated 
treatment, the medicated ointment, we usually advise not to use it more than twice to three times a day um, because steroids, obviously, you know, as a medication, as with any other medication, there are side effects. And particularly for steroids, the top side effects would be is to cause hypopigmentation, which is like a lightening of the skin. So you'll even, and that's also just the natural process of the eczema. Like at some point when the eczema is healed and is you're regenerating the epidermis, you're going to have lighter patches. And then the other um, side effect of chronic use of steroids is you can have some thinning, which we call atrophy or atrophy, I should say rather, of the skin as well. So only use the smallest amount that is needed as directed by your doctor and your pharmacist to those areas. And because there's also different strengths of potency of steroids as well. So I have some kiddos where like they have to be on two or sometimes even three different steroid creams. And we only use the lowest potency on the face. And I really don't like to put steroids on the face unless it's a really, really, really bad case or they have a super infected bacterial infection. And we use, you know, the higher strength potency areas for like the thicker skin. So skin at the elbow or around the knees, and we'll use those steroid creams there. But parents, again, you know, are always advised by me to only use it when they're having an acute flare. Other triggers can be pet dander, pollen, tobacco smoke, and then wool and synthetic fibers, excuse me, synthetic fabrics, fibers from the fabrics, okay? And again, in rare cases, certain foods can flare your eczema rash. And if you think that, you notice, especially again, when you're introducing foods to a younger kid, if you're noticing that every time they get like a fruit or every time they get citrus or every time they're eating wheat and you're noticing the rash is more red, um, I would keep a diary of that. And I would bring it up to your pediatrician and just, you know, ask, you know, if you could have a referral to an allergist or to dermatology. Um, to see if there is a connection between um, what foods they're eating and the worsening of their eczema. I hope that this was very helpful for you guys. I love doing Medical Mondays. Um, this is just my passion to educate parents. Again, remember, this is not medical advice. It doesn't establish a patient-physician relationship. Um, even though I'm a pediatrician, I'm not your baby's pediatrician, although I would love to be. <laughs> However, if you ever have any questions about the topics that are being presented, um, you can always shoot me a DM. But again, it's not considered you know, consulting um, or advice, and, but it's just, you know, just to clarify anything that you heard on the show. And by all means, I would love for you to shoot me a DM with any topics that you want me to talk about in future Medical Mondays. Please remember that we love when you rate this podcast. We love when you review it. And I definitely love when you share it with other mothers. Um, it helps us to bump up in the algorithm and Apple Podcasts so that other people can find us and be able to listen and learn just like you're learning. I hope that you enjoy the rest of your week. You guys take care. <laughs>